welcome back everybody to a brand new episode of the movies and brews podcast where we talk movies and we drink some brews i'm jordan and staring through the screen here is daniel get out of miss swim that's good that's good that's good yeah today we're doing a throwback celebrating 20 years the original shrek we're just gonna talk about that and what we love about that movie what we remember from it when it came out 20 years ago so sit back relax grab a drink and in the morning i'm making waffles cheers cheers okay well before we get into swamp talk here something here from the uh grains of wrath (laughs) nice silver crawler (laughs) yeah i'm like wow the cover art's amazing i mean i knew it was a crawler but like (laughs) so yeah grains of wrath over here in the camas washington area built for speed west coast ipa and this is a delicious ipa i had one earlier today and decided to get one to go very nice I have a new one that I'm trying for the first time today. It's from Three Creeks Brewing. It's called the Subtle Haze IPA. And I'm actually just looking at it. And apparently they named it after Subtle Lake. Okay. Which is around where we camp with our family. Nice. Awesome. Subtle Haze IPA. Mm -mm. Pretty tasty. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I had... uh, one of their regular IPAs the other day, which I really liked. This Bill for Speed is good. I like it a lot. I have not been to the Grains of Wrath in quite some time. Yeah, I just got this over here in our area, over at the uh, Valley Public House. Nice. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Damn, I didn't even think about that to just pop over there and grab a crowler of just like some, some interesting beer, I guess. Yeah, I went out and played a Played around at disc golf today on the way back. Stopped by there for a quick cold one and a snack, and then uh, liked it so much I decided to grab one to go. Nice. So yeah, Sounds good. All right, Daniel. Well, uh, let's start here. Uh, let's get into some movie news here. Let's get into our first segment here. Talk some movie news. And then we got some sad news out there today. I don't know if you heard. No, Daniel's giving me like a who? Huh? No. I hate to say it, but actor, comedian, Norm MacDonald is no longer with us. Wait, what? Yeah, Norm MacDonald apparently was uh, secretly battling cancer, and he passed away today. Saturday Night Live legend, just comedic legend in general. I, I thought this guy was great. But yeah, he has sadly passed on today. Daniel's looking it up to make sure I'm not lying. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> Fire. I, okay. Man, that is sad. I can't believe I didn't hear about that two hours ago, seven hours ago, 45 minutes ago. Okay. All right. This, I mean, today. It happened today. Yeah. Some friend, while I was on the disc golf course, some friend texted me about it. Like, no way. Yeah. I mean, I happen to say, I actually saw this guy live, did live stand up comedy. Gosh, probably close to 20 years ago. I remember our dad took me to go see him live. And what was so funny, first off, awesome show. They screwed up on our tickets too, and we ended up getting front row seats. That was awesome. Sweet. But what was funny is kind of like Bob Saget, 
you don't think you're so shocked by how you know because you see like someone like bob saget family dad things like that then you see it stand up and you're like what this guy is dirty 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 <laughs> that's how it was a normal doll. So, yeah our dad was like almost embarrassed said oh my gosh i can't believe i took my high school son to this oh you were in high school that's fine that's a fine i was experience. it was still so funny <laughs> and there's also awkward moments where like he was like looking away he's laughing like i don't want him to th- know that i thought that was funny <laughs> i don't know man uh, like, it, it was... our dad's pretty uptight but it's like come on uh, you were in was... high school he could have relaxed a bit uh, i mean overall we had a great time no overall the night was just a blast we had such a good time <laughs> but yeah <laughs> But yeah, I definitely, yeah, back in high school, you know, watching old Saturday Night Live, you know, with him doing the news. Well, this coming Monday is Oscar night, and three films, The English Patient, Secrets and Lies, and Shine, are locked in a tight race in the category, Best Picture There's Not a Chance in Hell I Will Ever See. (laughs) Well, the much-talked-about film Showgirls opened this week, and here's my review. Basically, a high-budget porno film, Showgirls is a thinly-veiled excuse to show lots of naked buttocks, legs, and breasts. On a scale of 1 to 10, I give it a 10. What's the movie going to be called? I know what it's going to be called. Yeah, what's that? (laughs) If it's got Carrot Top in it, you know what a good name for it would be? What's that, Norm? Box Office Poison. Asked recently what will set his new Batman film apart from its predecessors, Batman and Robin director Joel Schumacher said, quote, in this one, all the costumes will have nipples. (laughs) Note to self, do not watch the next Batman and Robin. And finally, Weekend Update would like to congratulate Madonna, who gave birth to a beautiful baby girl last Monday. The baby weighed in at six pounds, nine ounces, making it the fourth largest object ever to pass through Madonna's birth canal. Love, yeah, just movies that he was in, like Adam Sandler films. Dirty Work was a funny one back in the day. But yeah, he is definitely, he's a talent that we missed for sure. Damn, that's crazy. Well, rest in peace. Original voice of death on Family Guy. Who are you? I'm Callista Flockhart. Who the hell do you think I am? I'm Death. Oh, he would. Was he the original one? Yeah, I was going to switch on which one came first, but it was Norm MacDonald and Adam Carolla. Okay. And I, yeah. yeah, sometimes I forget which one was the actual. I'm pretty sure MacDonald was the OG in like season one, and then it went to Adam Carolla. That makes sense. Okay. Well, that's too bad. I know. Sorry to start out on a bummer note. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Well, I guess now we can talk about the big trailers that came out this week. Yeah, and a few of them. What order do you want to do this in? Should we do Netflix trailer, Disney Plus trailer, and then Warner Brother slash HBO? Sure. Now, did you see? So I guess the first... Go ahead. I'm totally just interrupting you. Well, no. uh, Well, you talked about... Because I forgot this came out. I hadn't watched the trailer for... The new Leonardo DiCaprio uh, movie that's coming to Netflix called Don't Look Up. Well, I just happen to have it right here. Oh. So we'll just we'll just check this out real quick. 
It's pretty short too. It's only like minute fifteen. Adam McKay. Jennifer Lawrence. You are here now. You are here now. You are here now. Stressing me out. This will affect the entire planet. <laughs> I know, but it's like so stressful. Can I get that one more ice water? And I'll get two more glasses of white wine, and I don't need the judgy face. There's a comet headed directly towards Earth. Do you know how many the world is ending meetings we've had over the last two years? Drought, famine. Hole in the ozone is so boring. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Quick teaser. I like it though. It, it, I'm sold. I mean, it's DiCaprio in another movie, so I'm there already. So I mean, great supporting like cast around him though. Jonah Hill. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence was in The Big Short, right? Yes, I want to say yes. Or am I thinking of American Hustle? She was definitely an American Hustle. Okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. That's it. That's a pretty crazy cast. I mean, they had a Meryl lot Streep. of names in there. Saw Ariana Grande too. Yeah. Don't look up. Apparently, about a what a meteor that's apparently gonna hit Earth. Yep. Surprisingly, though, no Bruce Willis in the trailer. Very disappointed by that. Is he supposed to be in it? No. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Armageddon. Come on. Oh, I've never seen it. Oh, really? You never seen Armageddon? Oh, we are reviewing that sometime. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, looks good. Got to get the Jonah Hill lines crack me up. <laughs> You're breathing is stressing me out. Yeah, is he supposed to be the uh, the the president? I'm no, I think I think Streep is the president. Oh, okay. The way yeah, the way she was standing by the desk, but in background, yeah, I, yeah, I think Streep is supposed to be the president. Oh, okay, okay. I could double check that here real quick. I mean, that's okay. It doesn't really matter. But okay, that looks fun. December 24th, Netflix release. Yep. Yeah, DiCaprio cool. well, Now we can talk about Meryl Streep, President Janie Orlean. Nice. Well, I guess the next one we talk about is the first trailer for the Hawkeye Disney Plus TV show, mm-hmm. which was interesting because i saw that i don't even remember i just i remember texting you in the morning like i think on like was it yesterday one or two days ago yeah one or two days ago um it doesn't really matter but i just remember it popping up I'm like oh shit first one i watched it and i sent it to you um it comes out in november and it's christmas themed which mm-hmm. i thought was interesting didn't think about that that's kind of fun yeah everything i saw i think it looks good Looks like he's got a new sidekick. Is that supposed to be somebody we know? Or it's Kate Bishop. She's a known entity in the uh, the comics. Okay, but who is she? Is she a relative of his? Have we seen her? I in the was MCU? under the impression that she was his daughter. Like I thought that was her character, but she's just an I guess another archer that is becomes like Hawkeye's sidekick. Yeah, looks like it'll be fun. Two of them running around taking on thugs street level kind of fighting stuff 
not end of the world doomsday stuff. I, I, I don't know. I'm in. I also do like the, uh, I think I heard about this a long time ago. They said a part of the Hawkeye series was essentially Hawkeye answering for what he did as Ronan, which they do mention that in the trailer that they're like, oh, a serial killer named Ronan. And I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. Because honestly, I would just love more of that. I would have loved a mini series that was just him being Ronan and fucking people up during the blip. That would have been amazing. That would have been really fucking cool. I would still watch one of those. Yeah, same. Well, isn't uh, Natasha's sister supposed to be trying to find him too? Wasn't that part of a end credit scene we had of Black Widow? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm I'm interested in watching this. I mean, I'll definitely check it out. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those things that I'm like, well, I'm just not sure what to expect because the one, like the show that I expected the most of out of all of the slated MCU shows was the Falcon and Winter Soldier. And thus far of the three that I've put out, I actually like that one the least. Whoa. I mean, just because I, I honestly liked WandaVision and Loki better than the better than the falcon winter soldier because they felt more like i don't know it's interesting because like the uh the falcon winter soldier feels more like what normally happens in mcu wandavision and loki obviously don't which is probably why i like them more Mm -hmm. the hawkeye stuff looks like it has more of an mcu feel to it but we'll see we'll see i'm just not sure what to expect from the tv shows anymore because everything that i thought i was gonna like like it got flipped around yeah i, I, know, I didn't like, think i'd like anything more than wandavision i still think it's still just barely the favorite but loki is definitely like at the same level we're just right below wandavision in my book okay yeah i i look forward to seeing this, this it looks interesting comes out here what did it say late november yeah so holiday season i mean perfect yeah i mean the christmas was all over it music everything they even had to throw in a bow joke oh yeah they did i mean i i laughed it's like it's wrapped in a bow i thought it was funny (laughs) the best gift this year comes with a bow or something like that oh yeah that's what it was something something along those lines stupid i laughed yeah it was funny well cool well, we also got another trailer this last week here. Yes, this was the one we mentioned that we got a teaser teaser for the teaser trailer, but we finally got a Matrix 4 Resurrection Matrix trailer. That's what it's called. Yep. Resurrection. Yep. And what apparently I had to learn from the internet is I'm like, why isn't Lawrence Fishburne in this fucking trailer? Why is like some discount Lawrence Fishburne in the trailer? And I had to find out that apparently in between what the third movie and the fourth movie, uh, apparently Morpheus has died. Morpheus the character? Yeah, the Morpheus, the character has died. Because let's say Fishburne's still alive as far as I know. (laughs) Well, no, he's alive. He was in John Wick 3. That's right? right. So... It's a little disappointing because I thought everybody was coming back. And it's sad to say that apparently due to a defunct Matrix MMO that came out like 15, 20 years ago, they killed off Morpheus and it's technically canon. So the guy that we see in the trailer is Morpheus's son. Really? But okay. Morpheus is apparently dead in canon. Okay. Well, I didn't know that because I, I didn't know what this was. I didn't know if it's because, I don't know, maybe the actor didn't age well so like well let's just go with something younger i didn't know if it's something like that 
apparently canonically morpheus is dead which i think is gonna piss off a lot of like regular people because i mean like really you're gonna like bring this back and you're just gonna be like no we're gonna stick to the canon just like maybe you just forget about the matrix mmo that came out like 15 years ago and we just bring back Lawrence fishburne because obviously he's still around we saw him in john wick chapter three like it was was really hyped to see him again yeah and use the aging software if you have to it's it's pretty good nowadays I don't know. I, yeah, I was very disappointed not to see him in the trailer. But regardless, so yes, we get a Matrix Resurrections trailer. Finally kind of get to see what's going on here. This was a very interesting trailer, I must say. I need to go back and rewatch the original trilogy. So actually, the night before the trailer was released, I did go back and at least start rewatching the first one. I got about halfway through. But yeah, so I watched the first half of the OG Matrix. Felt really good to go back and rewatch that, but it's been at least 15 if not 18 years since i've seen the sequels so i really need to go watch those again mm-hmm. i've just have forgotten so much but regardless the trailer was very interesting it wasn't giving me it was giving me good vibes overall it wasn't quite what i expected to be looking at when uh when i hit play yeah i can't say i was disappointed but i wasn't necessarily blown away either it kind of looks rebootish like a retelling of the first story only this time we got john wick (laughs) which i'm all for to be honest yeah i mean it's gonna i'm interested which i am gonna go back and actually rewatch slash watch because i know i've seen obviously the first one i've seen parts of the second one and i don't think i've seen any of the third one because again like you showed me the original one rated R like when I was a child and I was like, wow, that's awesome. But I was never able to go see it in theaters. And then just like, you know, you grow up and people are like, Oh, the other ones are just horrible. Kind of like the alien sequels after like two or three, they just tank as far as quality goes. I'm like, I'll just keep it pristine. I'll keep it with the first one. Well, might have to finally just sit down and watch the other two. Well, actually, it sounds like that's what's going to happen. I mean, I think this holiday season leading up to it, because it comes out end of December, I'm going to be watching the first trilogy, or excuse me, yeah, the first three, the even the Animatrix, I'm going to get into that and start watching that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I need to rewatch the Animatrix too, because you did show me that when I was a kid, because you're like, I'm like, oh man, I love the Matrix, that was cool. And then I had a friend over and you rented the Animatrix, like, all right, guys, we're going to watch this. And we got fucking freaked the hell out Wasn't that when Gavin? a robot smashes some guy's face in with his hands and you had to turn it off because we were just so fucked up at that point. <laughs> I don't remember that. Was that Gavin though? No, no. It was the kid that used to live down the street that uh used oh. to babysit for. Oh, uh... I want to say his name was Jake or something. Uh, No. I really don't remember his name, but that's not necessarily name. important. I just remember... I still remember that scene and I'm just like, and that's what freaked me the fuck out. That's hilarious. Well, yeah, we, we'll, we'll have to do a whole just Matrix episode here leading up to his release. But yeah, so a lot of interesting stuff though. You see Trinity, Carrie Ann Moss, she's back. You see some new people, uh, new characters. We've got uh, some gal that looks like she's going to be main character, purple hair, kicking ass. Uh, I mean, definitely everything you see, is, it's going to be action packed for sure. I mean, it has to be. But again, yeah, it feels like, yeah, it's going to be resurrection because obviously like 
that kind of goes along with the theme but mm-hmm. also it's like one of those movies that like you see it in like it is like it's a sequel but it also looks like it's a reboot like it's going to continue the story for the main characters but i feel like their story is going to come to an abrupt end in the fourth one and then it just feels like if it does well enough then these new cast of characters are going to be carrying the franchise forward yeah i'm not gonna lie so i'm kind of i'm kind of like down i'm kind of at least curious i uh, like i can commit to two new matrix movies like the fourth one and maybe whatever the fifth one or whatever they're going to call them after that like i will commit to out of curiosity i want to see two i want to see two more and see what they can do especially with updated cgi and just like what you can do now so hell man i would love a little bit of matrix with i mean maybe dial it back on the 90s stylizations a little bit make it a little bit more john wick action but still with like crazy set pieces like i'd be interested and see what you could really do like you could really push the envelope with stuff like that yeah stay do some john wick stuff but but what made the original three so great though was the action that was a lot of uh, i mean it was, it was kind of like i don't want to say diehard like action but it was it was like i guess you could say some of your 90s action mixed in with kung fu though there's a lot of different styles I mean, of action yeah you're right you're right they, that's one of the things that they really drew a lot of inspiration was like hong kong action films yeah so give me more of that yeah some more like john wick fight scenes where you've got like long takes of just action and just that yeah like you know stuff like the knife scene in john wick 3 stuff like that yeah Okay. needless to say very curious and we'll definitely see it yeah i mean no matter what i'm probably gonna see it in theaters i don't know why i wouldn't i just hope but it's also gonna be same day release on hbo max it will be i just hope they do something to blow us away like the one in 1999 did i mean there's still some pretty sweet stuff like the high freeway chase scene in the second one but i really hope they do something that blows us away 20 years later since technologies has only gotten better 22 right. years later yeah, so, yeah yeah again technology has only gotten better so blow us away if anything else give us a mind bending maybe 3d experience in the theater i don't know that would be pretty sweet but yeah looking forward to seeing it though and yeah only one winchowski is coming back really yeah just one both of, them. of them were in the trailer or like credited in the trailer no just one it, oh, it was it said based on characters by and both of them listed. oh okay that's probably but what directed I saw. by only one but maybe that's a good thing maybe you know because you know they put the matrix together amazing lightning in a bottle okay sequels and then their movie careers so and so i never saw cloud atlas i hear mixed reviews on that some say it's amazing i don't know maybe one is the better answer though well we'll see we will we see. Will I'm see. excited to check it out. And it's just like, more than anything, I'm definitely curious to see where this franchise, after being dormant for so long, is going to go. Same, 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 same. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. So, yeah, three awesome trailers. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on here. Uh, do you have anything else you saw this week? I don't have anything this week that I saw on top of the main movie. Well, I'm actually going to mention just one thing real quick because we were talking about the Matrix. Um, But what was pretty cool, and I'm totally going to butcher this guy's fucking name. I did watch one movie this week, and it was just kind of 
me just chilling with myself i decided to watch this uh anime movie that i just recently heard about it's actually back from 2009 but it's like a super stylized like jordan think of like that speed racer live action movie that they made a while back but like mixed with like death race okay you know like it's you know, they do like it is kind of a death race in that, but it's essentially like you race a like this whole this movie's called Redline, where it takes place where you know it's essentially about like this huge race event called the Redline that you race across like like a long stretch of just like rough terrain, like anything goes, kind of like combat where people can kill each other, no problem, no penalties, is whoever crosses the finish line. Oh, that sounds awesome. Okay. But then mixed to that with like an insane amount of aliens, like character design, like it, it's it's so weird because it was so the colors were so vibrant and stylized, but it was still in a dark grisly world. What's it's called? It's it's called Redline. But the reason I was mentioning because I really wanted to bring it up is because it was actually directed by the same guy who worked on the Animatrix. Okay. So it's got just like an insane stylization. The character design is crazy. Like the alien designs are insane. And then you just have all these big personalities racing out and you have this weird cyberpunk dystopian, like all just wrapped up into one crazy ride. And one thing that- 2009? Oh, I think I found it. And the craziest thing about it is one thing that I love is it's an hour and 40 minutes. The first 12 minutes is- it, like the first 12 minute intro is them racing for 12 minutes straight in like a pre-qualifier for the red line essentially so it starts with just 12 minutes of just insane like animation and just like character introductions of all these people just racing and like killing each other Jeez. and then there's like a little bit of like world building and backstory in the middle but the last 40 minutes of the entire movie is the actual red line race. So it's just, it's 50 minutes out of the hour and 40 minutes is strictly just devoted to the racing aspect of it, which was really fucking cool. They just went all out on this crazy action. That sounds and awesome. It was such a blast to check out. Like big characters, super stylized animation, like just. Where I think did it's you... like rated R too. I Where had to rent you... it on Amazon. You rented it on Amazon? Okay. Is it yeah. recently available? Because it shows popularity went up hugely recently. Uh, according to IMDb. You're like, I don't know. I just recently saw a YouTube video about it, but I didn't, I don't know how old the YouTube video was. I was just looking for anime movies to kind of check out. That sounds cool. came up, but yeah, it I, was... I love adult cartoons like that. Just blood everything like the animatrix kind of stuff just it's awesome i don't know Jeremy. I, mean, I think you might might uh oh, i think it might be worth for you to check out like it's i know it's not necessarily what you usually go for but it was pretty good i enjoyed the hell out of it cool yeah i might have to check that out you said okay you rented on amazon mm-hmm. nice all right yeah I, I i again i have nothing this week here but uh yeah hopefully next week i'll some exciting stuff but yeah i didn't do anything extra this week we'll see got a wedding this weekend so we'll see if what happens there's a few things called red line out there 
streaming with ads everywhere so yeah streaming with on voodoo with ads Tubi and plex with ads yeah i was just amazon it for 3.99 no ads yeah it's yeah, it was really weird it was streaming on like voodoo and on amazon but with ads and i'm like mm, no i'm not watching a movie for the first time with ads heck no no it's worth the four dollars to me to ditch the ads yeah it looks like it's quite a few places you can rent it or buy it for two dollars more so honestly i probably should have just bought it because i'm gonna watch it again <laughs> redline cool all right well yeah i think that's it let's uh let's get into our main movie on tap here this week Woo! hey now you're an all-star get your game on go play hey now you're a rock star get the show on get paid okay so shrek wow can't believe we're saying this but shrek is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year so crazy shrek here directed by andrew adamson and vicky jensen written by several people based off a book by william steig starring mike myers eddie murphy cameron diaz and john lithgow yeah, I, I cannot believe we are celebrating Shrek's 20-year anniversary this year. That's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah movie- Jordan, I, it took a while to get here, but finally, I'm at an age where everything I grew up with is starting to hit me with, like, you remember this? This was 20 years ago. I'm like, fuck. Like, I was seven when this movie came out. You're only seven? I was 20 years ago. I'm 27 now. Jeez. It's only seven. That's crazy. So, yeah, this came out originally... May 18th, 2001. I was just about to graduate high school when this came out. Crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we went and saw this as a family, like all six of us. Because it's just an animated movie, you know, it's just like Pixar, different studio, DreamWorks doing it. But I'm pretty sure all of us as a family went and saw this, if I recall. It's been 20 years, but yeah, I'm pretty sure all of us went and saw I think I saw this a couple times in theaters, maybe with friends next. But yeah, I'm pretty sure opening weekend all six of us went and saw this together in theaters probably oak grove eight probably <laughs> may it rest uh, in peace i do not remember but yeah crazy. that's the interesting part it's like yeah i know this movie front and back because i've seen it it's it's just embedded in my childhood and in pop culture at least for a long time which is still pretty relevant you still see it show up on streaming services people still talk about it yeah, uh, this movie, I remember just being huge when it came out. I mean, it, well, it was groundbreaking when it came out for several reasons, which we'll talk about. But it's just like one of those iconic movies that just feels like it's always been around. Like, honestly, I don't remember seeing this in theaters, but I have watched this so many times. It just feels like it's always been around, especially now that it, 20 years later. I mean, I watched, I probably that- watched the at least the first two probably once a year still oh nice it's i haven't watched these in a few it felt good to sit down sit down and rewatch these i I enjoyed myself quite a bit yeah i I remember when this came out huge everybody was talking about it it was just shrek merchandise everywhere i mean i'm sure the vhs slash dvd sales were insane as well the following year or nine months later but yeah i just remember i mean that was like the movie of the summer for sure that year at least the animated movie of the summer and yeah well i mean we'll get into everything but yeah i just i remember going laughing my ass off the cast is great the, vo- the voice actors 
especially, you know, Mike Myers being 17, love Mike Myers, you know, all his awesome power movies, Wayne's World, Saturday Night Live, huge Mike Myers fan. So yeah, couldn't wait to see, you know, what he was going to do as a voice animated actor. Mm-hmm. And then you got Eddie Murphy, who just made me laugh my ass off. I mean, I was, all of Donkey's lines were just cracking me up watching it this last time around. Shrek's got some great lines, but Donkey steals the show for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's, he, he is the comedic relief, and he really nails it. Oh, he's great. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why, no matter how much, like, development hell, again, we'll get into, like, this sh- this movie went in. One of the only things that stayed through every iteration of the movie getting reworked was Eddie Murphy as Donkey. That is the thing that worked, and they kept it. They kept his performance for everything. Thank God they did. I can't imagine anybody else playing Donkey. No, no. And we'll yeah, we'll get into some rumored original stuff in a little bit here. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it felt good. I mean, I think overall too, the animation has stood the test of time for the most part i I think for the most part there's some stuff that's a little dated here and there but i think overall it's it's uh still pretty good i mean it was definitely groundbreaking animation first time i mean what did pixar put out so far pixar put out toy story one bugs life bugs life toy story two and the same year monsters inc so they had put out four films by that time and we know we saw their animation grow each time yeah, this is DreamWorks right out of the gate, and but hell, Disney was was the reason why Shrek exists to begin with. True. Yeah, let's yeah. uh let's get into it. Yeah, we want to. Where do you, yeah where where do you want to start with all this? Like, should we just go back to the very beginning? Uh, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna try something a little different because everybody knows what Shrek is. Everybody and their grandma has seen Shrek. You know. And I feel pretty confident in saying I feel like even a lot of Gen Z probably had like I assume they know what Trek is just because that's only one generation past millennials. And, you know, what do you parents do when they have kids? They show them all the movies that they watched as kids. And Trek was huge for a ton of people. I know. like everybody I know has watched Trek in their childhood. So I'm assuming at least this, the Gen Z's. I don't know after that what's going to happen but gen z's i think still know and appreciate track yeah no, i think i if, mean he's still memed the hell out of yeah i think if you ask anybody hey you've seen shrek most people are gonna be like oh yeah at least once <laughs> yeah and that's good for at least another five to ten more years <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll look we'll check back when we're celebrating its 30 year anniversary be like, you've never heard of shrek ah what's wrong with you wrong with your parents yeah but yes okay well perfect yeah so i just figured we would go and like have kind of like everybody knows what trek is so i'm like let's i talk to drew i'm like we're gonna try and do a little bit different like more of just like the history behind trek like the production history and just like because it's a really interesting story like the plot of the movie like jordan you i think we talked about before we started recording like it's simple but like it has such a crazy and rich history like for how groundbreaking and how much like it blew everything out of the water had a 60 million dollar budget made almost 500 million dollars in its theatrical run like it was a runaway success um nobody knew it was going to be not even smash mouth but (laughs) they uh you know it's just kind of one of those crazy things like this movie should not have worked. I mean, it was in development hell 
Like they started development in 1995 and it didn't come out till 2001. And even for an animated movie, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. And six years. I mean, you could even add, it was almost, a, it was a solid decade from the point that Steven Spielberg bought the rights to the book Shrek. He, Cause he bought them in 1991 and they started production of Shrek in 1995, I think. Yeah. Anyway. So I yeah, I guess we'll, I read, some, I read something that they were talking about making it a just a 2D animation cartoon around then, and they at least I don't know about had committed, but at least in mind, Bill Murray to voice Shrek and Steve Martin to voice Donkey. Yeah, that was originally when I guess when Steven Spielberg bought the rights, that's who he imagined he would cast as the characters. Which, I mean, that's just a completely different. It, you know, it's kind of interesting, and you know, we'll get to it. But I just think it's. That's just is probably just like one of the things I'm like, I can't like cannot wrap my head around Bill Murray being Shrek, especially because of how loud and outrageous Mike Myers is mm-hmm. that it just and Steve Martin. I feel like a Steve Martin donkey would have been really funny, but it would not have been worth the cost would have been different for sure. It probably would have just been a very it feels like it probably just would have been a forgettable movie. Yeah. You needed those big, big actor personalities. But yeah. So. <clears throat> yes, like we said, Steven Spielberg bought the rights to the, sh- to the book Shrek in 1991. And in between 1991 and 1995, Jeffrey Katzenberg, Steven Spielberg, and David Geffy uh, formed DreamWorks Animate or well DreamWorks October twelfth, nineteen ninety four, and then Jeffrey Katzenberg bought the rights from Steven Spielberg for five hundred thousand dollars, and Trek entered mainline production or like main production in nineteen ninety five. And I also just love that the whole reason Jeffrey Katzenberg founded DreamWorks was because he was pissed off at Disney. Because he used to was a pretty big at Disney, but he was trying to move up, trying to essentially be the CEO. And they were, he's like, Hey, I'm 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 waiting, I'm I'm ready, I'm ready. And they're like, No, 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 we have to wait till you know, like we can't promote you over this guy. This guy's been with the company for years and years and years. Like he is the next in line. And that like golden age animator, I think, died. And then mm-hmm. Jeffrey Katzenberg, apparently the next day after the guy died, is like, So am I gonna be the CEO or what? And they're like, dude, fuck you. <laughs> so apparently, like, essentially, that was like the like the catalyst for why he leaves Disney completely. And or that's essentially a straw that broke the camel's back. And then he formed DreamWorks with again Steven Spielberg and David Geffen in 1994. And I thought I kind of always think of Shrek, like DreamWorks, DreamWorks arrived with Shrek. But it was actually night. What the movie before that that they put out was Ants. Yes, because they had heard rumor that you know Disney Pixar they're putting out a like they know it's a Bug's Life. I think they knew the title and what it was like, not really what it was going to be about. But they're like, well, fuck that. We're gonna make Ants. They like rushed it through production and they even like beat Bug's Life to theaters. Which I I gotta confess, I don't think to this day I've ever seen Ants. I remember watching it as a kid 
And people say Ants is better than Bugs Life. I don't believe them, but I haven't watched Ants in probably uh, two decades. So I don't actually know, but I'd be definitely curious to, to watch that. But Shrek is where DreamWorks kind of arrives. Like it s- touches down and blows everybody away. Well, I mean, they so as far as computer animation goes, but they had, so when they first started the company, Ants was their first one, and that was a CGI animated film. But then they did The Prince of Egypt, The Road to El Dorado, which I, I need to see that again. I remember loving The Road to El Dorado. And Chicken Run. Okay. Daniel loved Chicken Run. I fucking love Chicken Run. And then Shrek. I mean, this is just the order of release. I, yeah, you had okay. Ants and Prince of Egypt in 98. Road to El Dorado in 2000, Chicken Run in 2000, and then Shrek in 2001. But yeah, Shrek was just huge, huge mega hit. Yeah, and also, Jordan, Road to El Dorado, it holds up. I watched I watched that a few months ago, and I also watched it, like, revisited it last year. But damn, that movie is fucking great. And has some amazing musical sequences in it, too. Crazy that the budget for that one is $95 million. How does that cost $95 million to make? I, just, I don't know. It's a great movie. It holds up. Animation's still great. Yeah, that's just crazy, though. But yeah, unfortunately, the world gross was 76, so it came in the red. Which sucks, but it's so good. Chicken mm-hmm. Run. I forgot how big Chicken Run was, too. $45 million budget, $225 million worldwide. Mm-hmm. So that was a hit, too. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. I still love Chicken Run. Sorry. Yes, looking. yeah, we you know. Go ahead, go ahead. Anyway, so <laughs> entered production 1995. And we've already mentioned that originally when Steven Spielberg bought the rights, they originally had, uh, excuse me, he originally had Bill Murray and Steve Martin as the famous duo, which obviously that never materialized. But in 1995, it was put into full production. And the directors that they attached, or like while the it was in pre-production, like as it... Uh, moved forward in production in 1997 is when the two directors were attached, which was Andrew Adamson and Kelly Ashbury. And they joined 1997 to co-direct the film. However, Ashbury left a year later to work on the two ta- 2002 film Spirit, A Stallion of the Cimarron. Cimarron? Mm-hmm. And then they replaced her as the co-director with Vicki Jensen. And also Spirit of the spirit is actually a really good underrated dreamworks movie that's got some incredible yeah. animation too that that's one where it sounds funny kind of, you know it's a 2d cartoon but that would be one where i bet you the colors and everything would pop in 3d in the theater probably i mean it's, it's got really nice animation it's got a great set piece of being set in like kind of like an old west mm-hmm. and it's just it's a really interesting movie. i need to definitely check that one out again same here but yeah, so they, those were our directors. One of them leaves, gets replaced by Vicki Jensen. And then we get to interesting part of casting. And originally, the part of Shrek was offered to none other than Nicolas Cage. Which, of all the things, like, I could barely, like, I remember, you know, talking about Chris Farley being, you know, at, you know, being the main one who was actually cast as Shrek, but I can't even imagine, especially, I mean, Nick Cage, <laughs> I always forget that he used to be an actual, honest to God, bankable actor at this point. And I know he was because I lived through all of that too. 
but he's just been so like off doing his own fucking craziness for so long now that you I can't imagine him. I just think of like his ghostwriter acting, but as Shrek. <laughs> it's like, do you know what I am? I'm an ogre. <laughs> like, uh, but damn, and I love so that. so interesting to, uh, yeah. Do you know why he turned it down, Jordan? Thought it was too childish, maybe? No, he turned it down. And in his words, because when people can like draw you into a different characters, it shapes how children view you. And he didn't want children to view him as a monster. <laughs> uh, Ironic, isn't it? But then, of course, like we move on and we get to probably the most well-known like trivia of like anybody who's watched Shrek is also is like, did you know that Chris Farley was cast as Shrek? But yes, kiss trick that Chris Farley was the a run who was actually cast as Shrek. And we all know that he had recorded the majority of his lines before his death. You like, I, it varies. You get some people who's like, he only recorded about half, but I seen anywhere from close to, it seems like he's about what people can agree on is anywhere from 60 to 90% of his voice acting. Yeah. It's not like minimal half. Like I, I used to, I used to think it was just, you know, we had him in mind. We had him come in and maybe do some test voiceovers and then that was it. But no, he, he had recorded quite a bit because yeah, don't they, for most of these animations, they record the voices first and then do the animation around the voices. Yeah. You usually like, yeah. What I imagine is like, he's looking at like animatics to kind of, you know, get it, but also, and one thing that I never understood, cause I know you said that Chris Farley, but like from what, like see, watching the movie and one thing that I didn't really understand until, you know, kind of like doing some research about trivia and stuff is the fact that for Chris Farley's Shrek is not the same character that we actually get from Mike Myers. No, I was, gonna, because... I was gonna play part of it right right here. I have it on Yeah, why, why don't you play the clip? Why stop at one hero? Commercial. <laughs> um, commercial. What if? When we can show you all of them. Nice. So yeah, it was the... hand-drawn storyboards. Yeah, it was an animatic or storyboard. Yeah. I a noble romantic mission to warm the cockles of your heart. Yeah. I like my cockles room temperature, thank you very much. Hey, if you're not doing this for cockle woman, why are you doing it? Simple. Fartwad gets his princess, I get what I want. Which is? Now come on, what do you want? I don't have time to set it to music. Oh, this is another one of those onion things. <laughs> no, this is one of those drop it and leave me alone things. Well, why don't you want to talk about it? Why do you want to talk about it? Why are you answering the question with a question? Why are you asking <laughs> questions I don't want to answer? Why are you blocking? I'm not blocking. Then why do you have problems expressing your wants? I don't. I want you to shut up. See? No problem. You're just displacing your anger. Believe me, it's properly placed. You're really mad at whoever did this to you. No one did anything to me. Yes, yes, yes. Someone hurt you so bad. Someone hurt you many years ago. Leave my parents out of this. Right through. Let's go with that. Let's explore family origin. Were you hugged as a child, Shrek? <laughs> all right, all right. God, Eddie Murphy is perfect. I know. He he works. No matter what iteration is, he works. Okay. Yes, Shrek. Yes. Okay. I think that's a enough. Forkwad said he'd give me my own swamp in exchange for the princess. But yeah, so 
a little bit of... you know and again that's something i just didn't understand because in my mind i'm like yeah chris farley like it wouldn't be the same if but it would it just wouldn't be the same movie because as doing the research when mike myers came in he was the one that really insisted that they completely rewrite the entire uh script because you know like while it's animated you, you know most people just think well it's animated you can just pop whatever character like whatever voice actors in it but they was specifically geared like for how chris farley's voice works with the character like his shrek like the how they geared it around was more um, in a more emotional person like yeah, as more mellow would have been a little more mellow yeah i, I would less, have been so curious to see what that version would look like though yeah but it's just interesting to keep in mind that it is good it would be a completely different movie i mean it, it was like they completely rewrote the script after well, his past didn't that script have shrek having parents too yeah Sh- shrek having parents essentially like yeah the original script had shrek having parents and the whole thing is like oh you're you're kicking you out and you're supposed to go and terrorize the world because you're a fairy tale monster you know and you know and he goes it, like pr- the princess is still in there he's go, but i guess they, it's more of a like he's trying to go and find like Fiona is not the same because she's supposed to be like a gross monster mm-hmm. you know more so because like the whole thing is just like you know like what's gross is beautiful to him because he's an ogre and he's gross but yeah after his death mike myers insisted on an entire rewrite of the script and you know obviously yeah because you had this more emotional one and then you know it rewrote it to fit the actors and it was interesting after um chris farley died the original actress who was cast as fiona which was janine garifola garfala garfalo garifalo i don't know something like that but she was a comedian and actor and when chris farley died they recast Fiona because Fiona, like her Fiona was different in the fact that she was supposed to be more worldly and like an explorer kind of princess mm-hmm. that, and like, uh, because Shrek grew up with his parents in the original script, he was supposed to be more, the more sheltered one. She was essentially supposed to help him come out of his shell more. I mean, they do kind of keep some of that semblance in the, the, what we get theatrically, but uh, apparently just like the voice acting across from Mike Myers did not flow well. Like he just, the chemistry wasn't there. So they recast her as with Cameron Diaz. Which overall, good, I, good choice. I don't know who this other actress is. So I don't know what her voice sounds like. Uh, but yeah, I was going to say about Mike Myers. I, I guess what I heard something about him, he recorded in his, his regular voice that we know him as. Like, his, let's just say it like, well, maybe not necessarily Wayne Campbell, but kind of his Wayne wow. Campbell voice. Just yeah, without, I got you. I got you. I got the, you. Sh- yeah. <laughs> okay, before we get to that, I got one more thing and then that oh, leads okay. into my next point in Oops, my notes. Spoiler alert. It's okay. But yeah, and I just want to add, because according to Mike Myers, he took the role as Shrek for two main reasons. He wanted to work with Jeffrey Katzenberg because he was a big wig from Disney, creates his own studio especially like when it's early in a studio's life like if you can get in you get work you know if they like you you'll get recast in other productions or at least be able to work with bigger names i mean if you're getting good with jeffrey katzenberg you're probably it's probably going to open a lot of doors Mm -hmm. you know so he took the roles because he wanted to work with jeffrey katzenberg and also because he thought the the book was a great story about accepting yourself is what he says 
because you know it's depends because you know the whole shrek persona is like yeah he's gross but he's proud to be himself he loves himself even though most people's like you he's gross and smelly but it's it's a nice story and a lot of things that is a relevant topic for today what man she's as nasty as you are she's nasty (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah and getting to your point during yeah after recording all of the lines for shrek uh mike myers was the one that requested that he record re-record everything again and is now famous or infamous depending on who you ask scottish accent which is where we get the voice of shrek yep from fat and, appa- and apparently uh katzenberg liked his new rendition of it so much that they actually pulled about four million dollars of animation that was already done to reanimate scenes to essentially make the animation fit with the new voice better now real quick wasn't part of why part of why he wanted to change the story a little bit was to it had something to do with chris farley too like wanting to honor his friend chris farley because chris chris farley died in december of 1997 huge saturday live personality i'm sure most people know that yeah tommy boy still one of my favorites no i didn't say anything i explicitly said that but he essentially like or at least not put in that way but well, like what i had read about it is like yeah you wanted to rewrite it because like yeah it was written specifically for chris farley so he's like i'm not chris farley i can't be chris farley so we need to rewrite it you know re like re-kajigger it to essentially fit his personality and the character that he's going to portray i mean like yeah and instead of getting a more sensitive track we get a more outbursting more angry they seem pretty stubborn but i think i i guarantee we've got a more stubborn track too yeah um but so yeah that kind of moves us into kind of one of my other fun facts that i didn't necessarily and you actually mentioned it and i didn't know that or didn't realize that you knew it or maybe i'm just a little bit behind on my shrek knowledge but like when shrek was originally like set up what they were trying to do was a live action cg animation hybrid and when they say that, when I read that sentence, what I think of is who framed Roger Rabbit. They yeah. don't, there's no specifics on what exactly they were going for besides like having like, I guess, a background plate miniature sets and like essentially the main pair characters like composited into the scenes. It sounded like it was supposed to be like, just like live action backgrounds with animated characters inside of them. And oh. while Who Framed Roger Rabbit works, there I don't know. There's really many other live action animated hybrid movies. That this would have been so weird like that. I it's it doesn't make sense. You shouldn't do it. I couldn't imagine the story like that at all. Which actually brings me to one of my favorite quotes because they they made like they made test footage of this movie and they did a a you know a test screening. Um, I think they, let's see, yeah. It took a year for them to like composite this test footage and it was screened for a test audience in May, 1997. Wow. And uh, yeah, I know four years before it's actually released. Cause like that's how long it's been done, but they developed this weird little hybrid, uh, well, animation and live action mix and they premiered it in 1997 and nobody liked it. I would and love to see Jeffrey that, Katzenberg 
has a great quote that it literally goes, it looked terrible. It didn't work. It wasn't funny. And we didn't like it. I'd love to see that. Boom, though. Boom, 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 that that'd be interesting to see. I know. I mean, I feel like if I wanted to hurt myself, I would just watch Shrek the musical also on Netflix. Animated yeah, or what a, is it? There's like a musical. It like won Tony's. Like on stage? It, it was a Broadway musical. It won what? Tony's. I do not remember this. Yes. Yes. Huh. Well, <laughs> then at, when they figured out like, wow, fuck, this isn't going to work. We're just going to go straight into animation. We're just going to do 100% animation, which don't know why you wouldn't have done that before. Don't, well, don't do the... Pixar proved that you could do it. That you could tell a story that way. I mean, Toy Story 1995, first full length animated feature. And they proved that you could do it if you had a good story. This was a way of telling that story. And they exactly. You know, they... And part of the thing is like Katzenberg really hated Disney, he really just wanted to stick it to Disney. Yeah, but this so time I'm really it... surprised he didn't just try and go animation right off the bat. I guess maybe well... they didn't feel like they had the chops to actually compete with Pixar and Disney well, and they, as far and, as animation went. And this is still mostly Pixar at the time too. Disney was like, they worked with them to distribute the film, but it was still mostly all Pixar back at this point. And maybe right. they just didn't feel like they had the kind of animators that were, there probably just weren't that many animators at the time out there yet still. Right. Well, yeah. So in the animation, since when they decided to go to animation, uh, they actually hired the animation studio uh, Pacific Data Images, which is super memorable. Um, and they began production on the film in 1998 for okay. just doing it completely CGI. And what's interesting is apparently they were more, they'd never done, from what I read, I don't think they ever did an animated film before. They were more famous for like uh, CGI, like bumpers in between shows or like intros, like Think of like a like Entertainment Tonight or just like some sh- like talk okay. show that has like a weird little CGI like logo like moving logo before it cuts to the actual host or something. Right. Or that's like all they did. The home improvement symbol doing something on screen. Before. Yeah, just like, think of something like remember, that. Like you remember some that funny back little in the day, animation. The home improvement sign would do something that with whatever was going on inside the background. <laughs> yeah. So something like that. But then they uh, they were hired to make Shrek, and yeah, they you know they're the ones. Were... Yeah, and also a fun fact about uh, Pacific Data Images: apparently, they also were known for their like morph effect. Uh, but they're the ones who did the morph effect in the black or white Michael Jackson music video at the end when everybody's changing races at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was apparently their effect that they did. Oh, nice. Oh, just a weird well that, that i mean that was the pretty flawless effect it was just the actors would look left or right and be a different person every time they came back to the center front looking straight on yeah that was that was them nice. which i thought was kind of interesting but um but yeah in pdi and pacific data images I, i'm just gonna call it pdi because the name's boring anyway i'm just gonna call it pdi but <laughs> you know for them and they actually used an interesting mix of they had proprietary or proprietary animating software called fluid animation system which is sounds like what they made for the uh the face like because that's the thing that you know dreamworks really hung their hat on for a while 
because we all know like it's kind of a meme how andy like no faces in pixar movies look good until about toy story three toy story two is better but not great but especially the faces of in- for, the, for the time al looked good a big al's toy barn at the time of 1999 uh what do you think about boo and monsters inc she looked decent yeah but it's a bit more stylized too yeah but yeah faces this was the first time we actually saw some decent faces in animation was shrek i would say as far as my memory goes because yeah you andy and his mother in the first toy story sid the dog all that stuff is definitely i mean don't get me wrong 1995 very first one still a masterpiece but yeah they had a long ways to go with faces and i would say that six-year jump I definitely back in 2001 noticed like, okay, wow, animation has come forward quite a bit. It's like, look at like Robin Hood and all his men, which I love that sequence so much. Oh, hell yes. Princess but Fiona. Yeah, no, it, it does. It comes along with like, I mean, but yeah, Walk. they really went all in on the facial animation. The rigs were insane. And they also, so that like was all uh, Pacific Data Imaging. That was their proprietary software. And then for clothing and hair textures, they use something called Maya, which is more of like a, a run of the mill, like everybody, like every animation house essentially used that at the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What else I was I going to say? Oh, okay. Sorry, I lost track of my notes. But, and then kind of like finishing out the animation, apparently Shrek has just some fun quick little facts shrek has 31 sequences uh, oh my god <laughs> shrek has 31 sequences with 1288 total shots wow. with 36 separate in film locations to make the world of the film which at the time at least dreamworks claimed that was more than any other previous animated feature film yet i mean obviously we've pr- definitely passed that since but like I, that's kind of interesting because like 36 separate like locations sounds like a lot like it did when i think about it it's hard for me to well think. i'm trying to think what they are too because you have like the swamp maybe inside his house the castle inside and out then there's just a yeah, lot of outdoor i mean you have the stuff. forest i think they're just counting like more i don't know yeah because you have a lot of outdoor forest fields that they walk through yeah i mean it's uh, incredible Again, I'm in 2001. I was blown away by this movie. I thought it was great. You know, I loved Pixar at the time. You know, their four films were a hit to me. I loved every single one of them. But yeah, Shrek, I was like, oh, this is just too cool. And yeah, they did stuff different with music too. So, you know, Smash Mouth having some pop in there. Ah, yes, Jordan. That brings me to my final segment, which is the music. All right. (laughs) Which, as we all know, Smash Mouth. I'm a rock star. Get back. Which also just makes it so much funnier is that in the years since Shrek, they're like, fuck that movie. Like everybody just knows this as the Shrek band now. But you're like, better than not being known. I mean, they were known before that, yes. They were popular, but that also, they specifically. I remember walking on the sun. (laughs) Yeah, I remember jamming out to that too. But. Oh, it's where we're walking on the sun. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, okay. So, and this is one of the things that I think is 
again like shrek has an actual like influence on like media today still i mean but like one of the big things is shrek was really like i mean aladdin uh, i'm gonna go back jump back to aladdin from disney was really what unlocked like in like people's minds to like oh to get people in seats for kids and for adults celebrity voice actors you know super robin williams genie like that nobody knew that was like nobody knew he was in the film until the movie came out you know and then adults are like holy shit like my kid loves this and hey that's robin williams Mm -hmm. you know so like disney unlocked that formula you know obviously like things were like I mean, it's just like a known factor now, like most animated movies, especially Pixar's everybody, like you have very well-known actors playing these roles. Well, again, me at 17 was like, Mike Myers, yeah, Wayne Campbell, Austin Powers, his voice in an animated movie, sweet. Exactly, exactly. But one of the things that Shrek really pioneered was mixing the soundtrack of, instead of like old, like golden oldies and essentially like pop music from the time. I mean, obviously uh, Smash Mouth is not necessarily popular music anymore, but you know, it's one of the things that like they mix, like where they for, go from on the road again, show me some tenderness. And then we have like all star and Smash Mouth also covering I'm a believer at the end of the film too, you know? So I, I did like that, that rendition. Just, same I do too but it's just so weird because like especially like if you're five ten years younger like it's just how it's always been yeah. is that that's what it feels like because that's what it feels like now like 20 years later it's like it's just you kind of forget where it all starts because like everything does that now you know so I guess they so they in the original test or one of the early test screenings when it was near completion they had all-star in there and they were their plans were to take it out and put something else in but then the test audiences liked All Star so much that they were like, "All right, we'll just leave it in there." And then they're like, "So Smash Mouth, do you want to re-record this? You know, redo this song? I'm a believer for the end credits." So, yeah, and I think that's a great song for uh, opening credit sequence. Like when I was watching it earlier, I was like, "Yeah, you know, this is, this feels good watching this and hearing this song again." And you know, Shrek's doing his thing in a swamp. All the names are popping up. I mean, I was I was getting into it. I mean, I still remember on the DVD extras, they had two Smouth, uh, Smouth, oh my God. They had two <laughs> Smash Mouth uh, music videos, one for I'm a Believer and one for um, All Star. I remember the Believer one, isn't that, was, I think it was the Believer one. Isn't that the one where he's chasing the girl through the video? I think oh, so, and he's oh, like on a, just, on a boat like, and shit. Sorry, you dropped your keys. <laughs> yeah. At the very end of his all, I was like, you dropped your keys, and she's like, oh, thanks. Wait aren't you the singer from smash mouth and he's just like yeah gotta go bye <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah funny. oh fuck i totally forgot about that but yeah you're right <laughs> but damn yeah and i just love i mean it's just so funny to me because yeah smash mouth is a total meme like they've been memes for years essentially but it's just so funny that they were legit like but they have regrets you said they just don't like being known as the Shrek band, but it's also like, they also say like, yeah, but with our song, like when our, the album that had uh, All-Star on it, like when Shrek came out, they sold millions of albums because of Shrek. Yeah. 
my generation will still remember them, but Gen Z doesn't have a clue who they are unless they've seen Shrek. So yeah, it's a I'm way not... to stay. It's a way to stay semi-relevant. I'm sure the residuals are good. <laughs> But uh, I get it. Hopefully. I get it. You want to be known for other stuff than just a movie that you did once. But... You want to be known for your music, <laughs> which they are in Shrek. In Shrek. They got <laughs> two songs in Shreks. Like, yeah, they're getting two royalty checks. <laughs> or one bigger one, hopefully. How many and, people? How many yeah, young, I mean, like. I'll say, how no. many of the young generation know who Alice Cooper is now, thanks to Wayne's World? <laughs> uh, the younger generation doesn't know who Wayne, what Wayne's World is. I know. They tried to but, come back with Uber commercials um, early last year or late last year. That was a Super Bowl commercial. Super Bowl commercials, yeah. Uber yeah. Eats. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, so it's kind of went through movies. Like I've pretty much exhausted my notes of like just kind of like the cool, fascinating history. But the one other thing that again, like it's kind of huge because this is still happens. Well, I mean, it's still part of like, like how Shrek affected films from just like really set the bar for like the facial animation early on. They, you know, had that new mix of golden oldies mixed with modern pop music, which we still see in animation today, Mm -hmm. you know? And one of the biggest things that they did was specifically because Jeffrey Katzenberg essentially like made this movie. He's like, fuck Disney. I mean, this is like the movie itself is an anti-Disney movie. Like the Disney, like they're specifically trying to like, uh, the parodies the, are great. What? That said, the parodies are great. Yeah, like they're really just trying to like shove it to Disney, like you know, a subversive like fairy tale. Like the, no, no, the whole... dead broad off the table. <laughs> exactly. Like it's just it's got so much good stuff in it, and um, so when this movie is like hitting theaters and doing well, he Jeffrey Casper's fucking calling people just like get me a fucking Oscar. So it was because of Shrek that the animated best animated film category in the Oscars was made. And, and they then won the, that year. and they won against Monsters Inc., which was Disney's animated movie. And so that was like essentially like the giant middle finger that Katzenberg wanted to give Disney all these years. He got to give it to him with Shrek. <laughs> be great if he actually did that at the Oscar speech. Oh, and one last thing. If you Disney, I, I wish, but I, I mean, I'm sure he was like, yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> it's just like, but yes, Shrek is the reason why we have the animated movie category, which is my favorite category, obviously, because I love animation. And Pixar's won it majority of the years. No. I, I know. I know. They make it Spider Verse the... one. What's that? That, that one time. Hell Into the yeah. Spider Verse one that one fuck time. To the yes. Oh God. Yeah. Um, and yeah, let's talk. So what was it? Three years later, Shrek 2 comes out. And I got to say the three-year jump between one and two, the animation just gets incredibly better in that three years. Um, yeah, Shrek 2. You thought Shrek 1 was a hit. Shrek 2, mega hit. The budget was almost, I think it was almost double, actually, like around $120 million. I think so. Yeah, because the original one was $60 million grossed just shy of like five or not. Yeah, it was like $483 million uh, in box office. And each of the actors, Cameron Diaz, uh, Mike Myers, and not Bill Murray. 
Lithgow? A donkey. Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy. Yes, Eddie Murphy. They each got paid $350,000 for their roles in the original Shrek because the first one was such a huge hit. And they're like, yeah, we need to make a second one. Each of them got paid $10 million for just the second one. That's probably 350 grand to $10 million. That's crazy. I believe it though. Yeah. Shrek 2 went on to make 920 million. So it was a huge success. Shrek yeah, 2 there. I mean, and also it just blows my mind, especially because like Cameron Diaz, like this was kind of like one of her, like her. I mean, it was probably one of her biggest roles, at least at the time, but like she was st- like kind of an up and coming actor. She and was to go pretty from well a- known. She had done Charlie's Angels by then. Oh yeah, Charlie's Angels probably came out. What so her, her big breakthrough was The Mask in 1994. But yeah, I mean, she was, she, I knew who she was towards the end of the 90s for sure. I mean, I saw her in The Mask watching that over and over as a kid. Yeah, so I guess more or less, like she was just kind of like, she would have been on the rise for a while and then just like gets a nice big fucking payday, like $350,000. I wonder if that was her biggest payday like mm. to date for a movie role, but I would I say probably yes. two was probably like had to have been the biggest payday for a single role. I mean, it's going from 350,000 to $10 million. That's Avengers money. <laughs> yeah. Not Robert Downey Jr., but like other Avengers. Yeah, that's Hawkeye money right there. That's Hawkeye money. Right there. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I just remember being in a for going opening weekend for Shrek 2, packed house. The entire theater just packed. I think it was even a midnight showing for this one. You probably came to this one eventually. You know, you would have been 10. I just remember a packed house and everybody just laughing their asses off. I mean, I, I personally, I need to go back and rewatch it. I think upon rewatch, though, I'll agree that I think Shrek 2 tops the first one. They just, they did everything does. right. It's f- just as funny, if not funnier. New characters. What- what blows my mind, especially because Shrek 2 is so good and just that much better than Shrek 1, that what blows my mind is like during that production, the directors originally want, they're like, no, no, we want to make a straight fairy tale, like, like essentially make a Disney movie. They wanted to make Shrek like a complete, like just sh- straight, like fairy tale. Mm-hmm. But and I get why you'd want to do that, but at the same time, I don't because the whole reason why Shrek is so, like, you know, one of the big reasons why it's kind of, it's the anti-Disney movies, the anti, like, run-of-the-mill fairy tale movie. So to, like, have, like, garner the success from that and be like, how are we going to switch it up? Well, we're just going to make a regular fairy tale movie. Like, doesn't sound that exciting, especially because the set piece is like the, the fairy godmother being the villain is, like, that would have never happened. Yeah. You know, like some of the um, the best parts about the second one would have been completely out the door had they just decided to make a straight fairy tale. Mm-hmm. You know? And even paying off stuff from the, uh, the original one, like when he, like the gingerbread man talking about like, you know, oh, she ran off. From, I, I still uh, love that sequence. Not my buttons, not my gumdrop buttons. <laughs> There's some stuff that I had forgotten about that cracked me up. Yeah, do you want to get into some favorite scenes and stuff? 
think we talked a lot of uh, the making of uh, what are some favorite scenes of yours or sequences or just anything i mean i love that part of the gingerbread man i thought the again i loved uh lithgow as the bad guy that he was great as lord farquad um, um i love he, the jokes in there like well they're looking at looking at his castle like hey, that they're trying to make up for something <laughs> I get things that just went right over my head when i was a kid as a kid yeah but was... yeah i mean some of my favorite scenes one well one of the things i love is in the first one when they get into duloc because when they go when they hit up the music box and there's that fun little original song it's like But I yeah. mean, having like bad wipe reputation. Face. Yeah. <laughs> Shine your shoes, wipe your face. But then going straight to like the the like the wrestling scene with bad reputation playing and like fighting all those knights. Like, yes. oh my god. That's one of my favorite parts. That's that. I mean, the dragon, like running like the the castle sequence with them running away from the dragon is amazing like damn that sequence is still really good yeah um, yeah i i wrote that in my notes here yeah some of my favorite scenes i mean just starting off when we start seeing some of the disney characters in there just fairy tale creatures in general when they're attacking or what not really attacking but when they're invading shrek's home i love that sequence so much the blind mice is that you gorder yeah i'm over here over here that stuff's funny um well just just uh the mirror is i forgot about the i totally forgot about the magic mirror i completely forgotten about that stuff that stuff's funny like when they threaten him by going to the uh the 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 guard smashing a hand mirror like like shape up like like, oh oh i mean got a merry that in the whole sequence of like we have princess number one and number two <laughs> and here's princess fiona i just that stuff was just cracked me snow white although she lives with seven men she is not easy <laughs> uh, just had me rolling i mean there's a reason why this movie's iconic yeah but another uh there's some good Farquaad jokes like one of my favorites is when they take him off his horse so the way he's approaching you know when he first meets Shrek and Fiona he has those leg extenders on way taller that stuff just cracks me up yeah John Lithgow as Lord Farquaad is just amazing yeah and I don't think I appreciate him much back in the day as the voice of Farquaad but uh, he's great watching it now like oh no this guy's great in that role he was amazing casting but I just love the other the companionship the friendship and just yeah how the relationships develop throughout this donkey and shrek shrek and fiona just all three of them their chemistry and their relationships growing together throughout the movie it's great to watch uh, i put this down as fa- one of my favorite sequences is when uh princess fiona is out singing to the birds like snow white mm-hmm. her and that mother bird go back and forth till finally the mother bird just explodes like, oh 
Oh, well, wow. then what I love is she looks down at the nest, sees the mother bird's eggs left behind, and then cut to she's frying the eggs for breakfast. The anti fairy tale. <laughs> That's great. Those, but yeah, those, great. Are some, those are some of my favorite sequences. Nice. But yeah, the and, ending... oh, we didn't mention, but I love the merry men and like them fighting Robin Hood and his gang of thieves in the forest. That's still one of my favorite scenes from the first one. Same, same. Well, just his introduction too of his like song that they do. Yo, merry men. It's catchy as hell. And then I just love, then they throw in a matrix. <laughs> they throw a matrix uh, gag in, in that sequence too. When Fiona just jumps up and pauses, then she fixes her hair and kicks two guys in the face. That was great. God, great sequence that. still. Yeah. <laughs> love it. And I do like the sequence where she, you know, we're, think, we're thinking like from Beauty and the Beast, she's about to transform into the princess forever. And then she st- remains the ogre. Love it. And then her and Shrek go off in their little onion carriage and live happily ever ugly, according to the book. Beautiful. <laughs> Good dance song sequence there at the end with Donkey singing, I'm a believer. <laughs> Good stuff. But yeah, it was so much fun to go revisit this i it's probably been a good 10 years at least since i've seen this but I, you know back in the day i watched it so much because we had on i don't know vhs dvd watched it so much back in the day but yeah it felt good to go back and rewatch it and i really want to watch number two soon <laughs> if that's yeah. as good as i remember it being it is jordan it it is good 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 <laughs> yeah so much fun so many great lines but yeah 20 years old though shrek wow can't believe it yeah damn that just keeps it's like the years keep coming and they don't stop coming and they just keep coming and they just keep coming (laughs) that's that's a meme on tiktok but um yeah that's what it feels like now i'm just like yeah yeah my childhood is turning 20 years old oh fuck mine just turned 30 years old last year with home alone turning 30 Oof, I I know Jordan I know like you're 10 years ahead of me and a few years will be like oh god I was I saw it in theaters it can't be oh my god 30 years old I know yeah. where's I my home what alone house Lego do? where's my home alone house okay I mean it's what happens but you know and then years later DreamWorks put out fucking how to train your dragon and I was yeah, when was that? 2010? I think so. Somewhere around there. Because I think I saw the second one in theaters. I... They did a few movies I forgot about. So they did Wallace and Gromit Were Rabbit. They produced that. Then they did Over the Hedge, which I've only seen once, but I enjoyed that one. I actually rewatched that one like earlier this year and just tonight. I'm like, I just want to watch something fun. And they had Over the Hedge on HBO Max. And one I forgot about that they did that was great was flushed away did you ever see that one yeah with Hugh Jackman dad used to own that one and that's the one that I used to like take from his uh his movie cabinet and I'd watch it pretty regularly that was a great one that I need to see again B movie which I actually I've honestly never seen B movie but then okay Kung Fu Panda that was another Kung Fu Panda and Madagascar were two huge properties they did that had sequels and I'm not going to lie, Daniel, I've never seen any of them. <laughs> I tried rewatching Madagascar more recently, but I couldn't get past how crude the animation looked, so I kind of just passed it up. 
Megamind. I don't think the Madagascar animation aged very well at all. Oh my gosh, I forgot about the Puss in Boots spinoff. That was a huge hit too. That came after all the Shrek. Well, not wait, Shrek after it. Yeah, that came after all the Shrek sequels. Yeah, oh yeah, they did Crudes and Turbo. But yeah, How to Train Your Dragon, 2010. That yeah, huge. So one of my favorite trilogies. Yeah, great trilogy, great trilogy. Yeah, what do they have? Boss Baby, gosh, Boss Baby, really? How do we get to that? Well, eventually DreamWorks did get go under, then they got bought out, didn't they? Did they? Yeah. I think they got bought out by Illumination. I don't remember that. Did they? I don't know. I did not put that in my DreamWorks notes. Yeah. They had a pretty good run, though. Some some hits, some misses, but over, overall, some pretty good hits. Yeah, definitely a back catalog really revisit like i definitely want to watch spirit i i watched el dorado actually not too long ago with shiloh because she really loves that movie too i'll have to watch um, that sometime it is actually it holds up it's it's a really good movie you will not be disappointed it won't be a waste of time i promise yay that's good anyway i guess we should wrap it up it's eight o'clock i'm ready to eat all right, yeah, that wraps up Shrek celebrating its twentieth right. anniversary. Twentieth anniversary retrospective. That's right. All right, Daniel, where can they find us? They can find us online on movies underscore brews on Instagram and Twitter, and let us know what you thought about the movie. <laughs> let us know what do you think about Shrek twenty years later. I think everybody's like, yeah, Shrek's fucking awesome. Still holds up. All right, buddy. Hey, thanks for downloading the show. If you like it, share it with others. That helps the show grow. And we'll talk to you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers! Cheers.